Dear Mom and Dad, If you're listening, I want to thank you for my inheritance. I bought my first ever new car, a plug-in electric hybrid car. It's a small SUV. I need an SUV so I can haul all your boxes around. I'm Margaret Pothig, and this podcast is Keeping Dad Alive. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's see, I can get about, uh, I think I can get about 14 or 12 boxes in my car. In your car. Okay, these are all the EBP, so you want to get all the EBP in here. That's my sister Carrie and me talking about boxes of materials that belong to our mother, EBP, short for Eunice Blanchard Pothig. Our dad Richard and mom Eunice left us their personal papers and other family records, more than a hundred boxes worth. Ultimately, we were saying goodbye to Eunice and Dick and their family. They filed us as a family, right? We broke up the family. We sent things pictures and letters back to each sibling. So we really deconstructed their life. I think for anybody who's had a parent that they've needed to do that for, you know you're reliving old memories, you discover little pains that you hadn't known were there. Oh my God, the regrets. I learned things about mom and dad and my past that I didn't know, and you tell a different story at the end of it. Okay, let's see. Um, You have to get really close. To do a star, and then seven two. The boxes are stored in a clean, new climate control facility. Wow, that's, that's, that's like cow In the middle of soybean and cornfields in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, not far from my brother's and sister-in-law's weekend house. We moved them here when we moved my dad to Philadelphia after my mom died. It's been a year since dad died, but his miserliness will be with us forever, deeply ingrained in each of his five kids. None of us wants to pay another month's fee for this storage locker. It's October, and Carrie and I are in Lancaster to clean out this storage locker. This is our second go at it. Our first try was back in July. The whole thing stressed us out so much that by the end, we were barely speaking to one another. This time, we promised to try to be more cheerful about it. The keys to the queendom. 107. 107. Okay, hello babes, we're back. Here we go. We're staring at a 15 by 10 foot locker. In July, we tackled about 40 boxes of my dad's personal papers and family photos and other records. This is what we need to consider. Right. All right. We have made progress, I keep telling myself, and yet. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Archive, sib, and toss. Those are three different categories. Disposition categories. Disposition categories. So archive is 
is it special enough, important enough, kind of might be professional life or something about intellectual life, um, political life that we were going to give the Presbyterian Historical Society. The Presbyterian Historical Society is the National Archive of the Presbyterian Church USA. In addition to institutional records, they collect personal papers of significant Presbyterians with an emphasis on mission history in the United States and abroad. Our parents, Richard and Eunice, were both mission workers in the Philippines and Presbyterian ministers. They were sending boxes and boxes of their material to the Presbyterian Historical Society. This is it for Dad in particular. His past was vouchsafed. He was becoming part of history. Yeah. For Mom, you know, Mom's personal family history goes back a long way, 13 generations, back to Mayflower. Her understanding of this history was more about her role as a Presbyterian woman fighting for the rights of Presbyterian women in the church. So, so they had different understandings of why they felt their contribution was important enough to be part of the PHS. Mom also was expecting us, I think, to give them her journals. That's serious. I mean, her journals, they're all the same size. They're in her perfect script. They're well-ordered. I thought as I was reading it, she's writing this for herself, but she's also writing this to be included in her legacy. Our brother and sister-in-law vacated their house for two weeks to give us room to work. The boxes and their contents were spread out across every surface and the floor in three adjoining rooms. Civil War. Then she has all these versions of the Civil War. Right. And I'm holding on to that. And this we're going to put in the Presbyterian Historical Society collection. I can tell you, this was originally 15 boxes. Down to two. Two. Yeah, down to two. Okay, so archives was the first disposition category, and the second one was sibs, short for siblings. This was letters we sent to our parents and materials they had collected about us, like shrines to each of our identities. So there, so archives, sibs, and... Toss. Toss, yes, toss. In total, Carrie and I filled about 20 big black contractor bags of trash. Each bag was so heavy, we had to haul them in my car about 25 yards from the house to our brother's workshop. So many redundancies. I'm letting you do all the <laughs> Early ministry to giants. What's this? Oh, no. Is this a dad box? Oh, my oh, God. God. Well, we're um, going to bring it back and toss it. Would you believe me? <laughs> I don't know, Carrie. You're not that reliable when you say those things. But you're also a, you are a pack rat yourself. Carrie likes to think she's better at throwing things away than I am. During our first go-round with the boxes... She'd get really frustrated, and then she'd pull out her deep, bossy voice and declare that an entire box was going into the trash as if daring me to contest her decision. And then the next day, she'd go out to our brother's workshop and rifle through the trash bags to pull it all back out again. What was the hardest thing you had to throw away, do you think? Oh, mom and dad's robes they wore when they preached it was heartbreaking because you know we decided to take it to goodwill 
was so he went around the back. So, you know, sometimes there's a dignified handing over. Right. You feel like it's um, you've done okay by it. This one, I had to put it on top of like it was a garbage heap. And, and I just, you know, I kind of prayed over it. I said to them, you know, Dick and Eunice have talked a lot in you. It was really hard. The constant decision-making about what to throw away and what to keep took a toll on my brain. After seven hours, I could no longer make sense of anything. Somehow, Carrie could continue for another seven hours. I was more ruthless, I think, about the purging because there was no other place it was going. So I would work through as far as I could get every day because we had to get to the destination zero. We had to get to destination zero. You indexed everything. It drove me nuts. But it was really a good thing that you did that. Both the DNA of Eunice and Dick in one person. (laughs) In addition to indexing the boxes, I took time to scan photos and documents that we wanted to send to the archives, but also wanted to keep a copy for ourselves. There was just so much, you know, 100 boxes of stuff. I can't even comprehend it. What do you remember? I think the most delightful um, discoveries were, because mom saved all of her birthday cards and Valentine cards, <laughs> were how many lovely cards Dick and Eunice sent to each other. Just saying, I love you, you're the best, you know, just little little love notes to each other. Even when I only had the archive sieb and toss, <laughs> there were still some that kind of went in this indeterminate space of cold. Miles. Take the interchange on the left. See, I told you it was a left. Left. Yes. So after 10 days of culling through the boxes and organizing the appropriate material, Carrie and I were ready to give nine boxes to the Presbyterian Historical Society. We took a road trip from Lancaster to Philadelphia. And this is my first time in my life to Presbyterian Historical Society that has been so dominant in the lives definitely of dad, also mom, to meet these key people who have, thankfully, we are so deeply grateful, taken on the work of uh, accepting the material my parents left behind. But we don't really know how it gets uh, assimilated into the archive. My understanding that Margaret thinks that they just put the boxes somewhere, and when somebody asks for something, they check. I don't know how they check. Um, We might do a secret check, get somebody with a different last name to ask for something. (laughs) (laughs) We'll send in a spy. Send in a spy. Use the left two lanes to take exit 344 for I-676 east towards Central Philly. This is my second time to the Presbyterian Historical Society. Back in July, I took the first 13 boxes. My feelings when I dropped them off surprised me. Carrie and I arrive and meet David Steniunas, the archivist, who has been assigned to us. We're all wearing COVID pandemic masks, so the sound is a little muffled. So, so you guys have stuff to unload. Yes. Um, I'm going to put that cart on the elevator and I can meet you outside. Okay, this is my sister Carrie. She's been looking forward to meeting you. Carrie, I'm David. Good to meet you. Good to meet you. There's a loading dock over here. 
We go outside and back the car up to a mechanical lift as David opens the big metal doors from the surface of the parking lot. Our storage goes underground it does. Uh, the length of the city block. The have length you, of the city yeah, block? Yeah, have you not seen it? No. Okay. We load the boxes onto the lift and watch as it slowly descends down under the asphalt surface of the parking lot. No dirt in sight, no flowers to place on top. You know, and you said this at one point, and I just feel it too. We are at some point going to have to decide where their ashes go, but this is where they really are resting. You know, this is their intellectual work. There is a big chunk of Eunice's records um, that is uh, what we style fully processed. Um, and there's about 19 or 20 cubic feet of Eunice that already exists and is described down to the folder level. There's usually about 40 folders per box. David told us that a few years ago, the pre-existing Eunice boxes in the collection had been fully processed because of an interest in women leaders in the Presbyterian Church. You guys wanted to see the storage space. Well, I, do you want to oh, go down yeah, yeah. So I'll show you all the inner workings. All right. <laughs> we were, um, were organized in 1852. We enter one room and then another. It looks like any ordinary basement. And then... We got them to build a basement over here. Oh, wow. So oh, that my is, God. Look at this. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is what we call the Archives Annex. This really is the core of the collections. Yeah. This is 36,000 cubic feet of space. Uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I was pretty relieved when I saw the modern archive. I was happy to see all the acid-free boxes. <laughs> David, so much. Good to meet you. Oh, it's a yeah, really good to meet you. How do you feel? Good. Well, it's also really good to see where, you're it, goes. Right, yeah. where it goes. It yeah. does feel like it feels like this is where they really want to be. Driving back to Lancaster from Philadelphia, we looked forward to cleaning up the loose ends and getting the house ready for a relaxing weekend with my brother and sister-in-law. I want us to remember that after we thought we had gotten Presbyterian Historical Society all done and we had identified the boxes that were going to you and the boxes going to me and and to the other archive. But there was an old locked steamer trunk left in the storage unit that we hadn't been able to get open. The other steamers had had clothes in them, right? So this one was too heavy. (laughs) (laughs) I was like kind of hoping it had National Geographic magazines in it or something that we could easily get rid of. Our brother Scott arrived on the scene. Then we thought, okay, true to our mission, you know, one last steamer. So Scott is jamming it. And he opens it up, both of us look at it and groan. Uh, It was full of this again, again, a whole mix of miscellaneous paraphernalia. And we had to figure out what we were going to do with it. 
there was an album from 1890s of photos, you know, from our great grandmother and grandfather's wedding. Yes. And their early years. And he was, you know, a minister who traveled around to different parts of the Midwest and the South. And then it had some old newspapers, and one of them was about McKinley, the acquisition of the Philippines. Carrie, with her usual lightning speed, sorted through and organized the material into different piles with different destinations. Then she flew back to California, and I stayed on for a few more days, making inventories, scanning special items, closing up the boxes and dropping them off at the UPS in Harrisburg. The boxes that you were sending to me, boxes of letters over the long arc of time, that box alone was just utterly invaluable. I'm glad to have them now. Carrie and I are hatching plans for a new project. Maybe a website, maybe a podcast. Stay tuned. And now, for a few words from my dad, Richard. To the very end, he was an historian. On the morning that he died... Among his last words were, write this down, I am happy. And I did write it down. And I'm archiving that note right here, Dad, under Keeping Dad Alive. The music in this podcast is by Blue Dot Sessions. To see photos of the boxes and the Presbyterian Historical Society archives, go to the episode webpage on keepingdadalive.com.